When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Geekscapists. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan Lemon, your host. If this is your first Geekscape, well, I like to talk pop culture, movies, video games, comic books, TV. Um, I had a conversation with my producer earlier today, like 10 minutes before the show about what we're about to do we're going to talk about the blue beetle movie from warner brothers that being said we're in the middle of a strike hi i'm a writer director in the middle of a strike against major studios and i'm about to talk about a major studio movie um i did this in 2007 during the strike i did this um a few weeks ago uh we've done we've talked about all sorts of studio stuff recently uh during the strike but i want to remind you that the strike's still going on uh, people like Ian Kerner, who's going to join me here, his wife, Stephanie. She's a striking writer. And um, maybe if you hear what we're talking about, wait until after the strike to watch it. <laughs> Does that work, Ian? I can see you if you want to nod your head. Does that work, Ian? Can I say like, hey, guys, we're going to tell you what we think of this. Don't go see it. Wait until the strike is over. Then go see it. Does Does that work? Can I do that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's a conversation that I had. So Geekscape is just know I'm conscious of it. And uh, I'm looking to be back on the um, strike lines tomorrow. And I'll have a little pick in my hand. But today, my buddy Ian and I, we're going to be talking about this Blue Beetle movie based on the comic book. Maybe we'll just talk about the comic book and tell you that there might be a movie out about it. But we're definitely going to talk about the comic book a lot because, as you heard in the last episode, if you're subscribing to the Geekscape on the audio, uh, I'm big time into comics right now. And um, that X-Men Fall of X stuff, uh, it's, it's got me amped. You know, Ian, who's going to be on the show here to talk comic book movies with me, he was the man who said, hey, Jonathan, you're not going to want to skip this uh x-men you know gala episode issue it's not just some swimsuit issue tie-in thing it's it's an important book and i and i picked it up and i read it and man my jaw dropped with every page turn as that book reset the x-men universe uh really big into comics and you know what because i'm big into comics i went to see a movie i don't know how to talk about it i honestly don't geese you're watching me struggle a little bit um went to see this movie based on one of my favorite characters blue beetle and uh we're going to tell you what we think here in a bit. Um, but yeah, subscribe to Geekscape. We got some, uh, speak, speaking of people who are having a tough time during a strike, uh, my buddy Adam Siggles on the show next week to talk about this Nander Fordor movie he has with Simon Pegg. And Simon can't come on the show. Adam can come on the show. He's a director. Uh, but when I got to Comic-Con, his producer, Claire, um, she had just gotten back from set. We'll talk about it next week, but she just gotten back from set in Arkansas where Adam's shoot got shut down by SAG because they were waiting on um, the paperwork to say that they had an interim agreement. And Claire had just come back from Arkansas in that situation, trying to get, make sure that this indie movie didn't get shut down. It's pretty stressful. Um, so maybe he'll tell that story about making this next movie as he talks about this past movie, Nandor Forder, which is coming out um, here in about like a, week and a half and it's got simon Pegg in it former geekscape friend it's got ruthie o'connell friend uh and a few other people on it so adam's my guest next week but right now we're going to talk a little bit of blue beetle um i don't <laughs> it's so ambiguous uh but we'll be right back for it and here we go 
uh, strap yourselves in for some Geekscape. You're in the right spot. Geekscapists, welcome to the Geekscape podcast. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to be talking some Blue Beetle. So if you haven't watched the Blue Beetle movie, uh, wait until after the strike is over to go see it. <laughs> we are going to be talking about it. Um, do not go. Do not go see this movie. Wait until after the strike to see this movie. But we are going to be talking about it with my friend Ian. I th- I think that's what I do. I don't know. I was just talking to my producer about this whole geekscape thing and what we do because i love talking comics i love talking video games i love talking pop culture that means movie and tv and right now that strikes going on all right let's get uh ian in here ian can spoil this thing for you ian you can talk about the blue beetle movie i can so what are you saying you can't talk about it dude i don't know because here's the thing like i went clean through 2007 strike talking about this stuff Remember the writer strike two thousand seven? Yeah, Jonathan, then, you had nothing. I literally, I literally had, and I don't have any projects with the right. With the, with the you have nothing to here. do with this project. Nothing to do with it. Okay, so Ian, you, you don't Ian, have a problem. As, Ian, as my legal counsel, as my I, manager, I, I'm not advising you legally, <laughs> but I'm telling you that my understanding is people can't promote things that they're involved with. That's what the limitation is. And you're not promoting it. You're talking about having seen it. So don't give a recommendation maybe, but you know, personally, I'm going to say, I want people to see this movie. Um, Generally speaking, it was really good and it needs the box office. So I'm very uncomfortable with this idea of wait to see it. I know. Um, And Ian, as a Latino, I think that this movie is important. And I think that having a a movie like this at the Latino box office is important. And it's a effing shame that this movie came out during the freaking writers and actors strike. Because this is a movie that I think a lot of people should get behind, regardless of their um, affiliation, regardless of their... I mean, as a Latino, I, I had this movie as one of the most... Uh, important movies I wanted to see this year. I was so stoked to see this movie. And I agree with you on this movie. This is a movie that I described it to a friend of mine today. And I said, I, it's just a blast. And this is a movie that I wish had changed places with the flash and gotten the promotion. The flash had gotten, because I feel like coming off of the Shazam sequel, then getting a movie like blue beetle, which I think is a hundred percent quality. And then going into flash, I think Warner brothers would have done a little better with the goodwill that the blue beetle would have gotten from a more successful box office, because this is a movie that um, I'm, I'm going to be in love with for several years to come. And I hope it gets sequels and I hope that it has a place in the future DC entertainment universe under James Gunn and Peter Safran, because um, not that you should support them right now, but <laughs> um, the, the blue beetle movie, I think is a success on every level. It, the, the effects, the story, the writing, the directing, the action, the 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 revelance uh, that's not a word but the the um you know what i'm trying to say like just the love letter that it is to the blue beetle property it, it is and it. I, i'll tell you, i don't think i told you this i went to a screening um and the director spoke afterwards and great guy real as is pretty evident from the movie um loves the character gets the character gets the greater dc you know universe of it um, what few Easter eggs are in there are because, you know, it, he wanted to do a lot more. They didn't let him. There's a couple people aren't even aware. There's some things that there are actually Easter eggs that aren't, you know, that aren't necessarily obvious. Like he purposely stuck Oreos in there a few times. as just a little nod to Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, Ian, I kind of love that there weren't more. Easter eggs in this movie that would have tied it or buoyed it yeah. to well, the well, current well, DC Entertainment Universe. Like, I yeah, kind of like it was very smart. In Geekscape, it's like whatever you think of the DC movies prior to this or whatever you anticipate the DC movies being after this, this is a movie that really feels like it's on its own and is kind of cool in that way that this is a Blue Beetle movie 
You don't need to know a lot about the DC Entertainment Universe going in. You don't need to know about the comics. You don't need to know any of this. This is just a fun, classic superhero film. And I love the character. And I love that it, again, is a love letter to the history of that character in the different, yeah, the two prior iterations of the Blue Beetle, Ted Cord and Dan Garrett. I, my, my jaw dropped at how much Ted Cord stuff is in this movie. Actually, I, I was very happy, and and it's right away in the credits. They, they instantly in the in the opening credits, you see that Dan Garrett and Ted Cord are completely referenced, um, which I didn't know if Dan Garrett would be. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, you know, I mean... And Ian, I'm going to ask you to give history to who those characters are for people who are listening to this. And they know squat about uh, Blue Beetle, but Geekscape, this is the third Blue Beetle. This is Jaime Reyes, who's the third Blue Beetle in in history. Arguably, there's two Dan Garrett's, but this is definitely the third Blue Beetle. Right. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing is to understand a little bit of the history. You know, DC is known for having bought up a lot of comic companies that existed before. So one of those companies was Charlton Comics. Um, semi-famously, um, the Watchmen was actually originally meant to be the Charlton characters and DC at the time said, you know, like Elmer was literally writing the Charlton characters as Watchmen. And then instead he just did analogs of them because DC got a little skittish about it because they it's a good thing he did because one of them is Peacemaker. Right, yeah. like we've seen Peacemaker, we've seen Adam, Captain Adam, we've seen those characters in the in yeah. various well, versions. Well, of they, they went in different ways and different things, and yeah, I mean, it ends up being its own thing, and and in, in, in many ways, probably much better than it ever would have been if it was t- too much tied to that continuity, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so in fact, Night Owl and Watchmen is based on on that version of Blue Beetle, on the Ted Cord version. But the Charlton comics originally had Dan Garrett and. The Ted Cord version was still published by Charlton and um, DC basically in the, in the first crisis, crisis in infinite earths, when they merged things, they brought the Ted Cord blue beetle character over with the Dan Garrett history still being intact. And that history is and what Ian? like, cause, the, cause the, cause it, um, it leads to I, the I conversation about the scarab the and the powers, but the powers of the, the scarab, right? He, yeah. Th- this guy finds a scarab and, he had mystical powers that he got from the scarab. And then Ted Cord got the scarab, but it never worked for him. Okay. And so he had to then, use like gadget based invention powers, which we see exactly. a lot in the movie. So he was inspired by the idea of a blue beetle. So he made, you know, you know, the, the ship and exactly just, he made gadgets. And, you know, so he had this company Cord industries, which was in the movie. Um, and we actually saw the gadgets. I mean, in fact, that was one aspect of the movie that was for me, perfect. I couldn't believe I how much of the that bug stuff. ship that we had in this movie. Yeah, it, the I bug love ship is all in this movie. Yeah. And I was in love with it. And I kind of love that Jaime is an outsider. You know, he gets the scarab attached to him very quickly. Ted Cord's daughter's involved. Ted Cord's sister's involved. Ted Cord's sister in Ted Cord's absence has taken over the company. That's when we meet her. It's Susan Strandon's character. And Jaime Reyes is this college grad whose family's about to lose everything, lose the house. They're, you know, this this Hispanic Latino family living in a in a place that's completely getting gentrified by corporations very quickly. And I thought that was a really economic directing choice. When you see him coming into the airport at the beginning, he's coming home from college. You see him wearing a Gotham University sweater in the movie. And you see signs. It says, welcome to this town, this this fictitious kind of Miami town. And there's cord industries everywhere, but also it's like tax-free haven and it's super corporate friendly. Right. And then you see the dichotomy between the wealth but and you also, the you also see LexCorp in there, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that that's one big Easter egg. Um, look, you know, so speaking of, of the history stuff, so, you know, they referenced the Dan Garrett stuff and that he had powers from the Scarab and that Ted was never able to, to access them, which is similar to the comics. In the comics, um, the Scarab ends up going to the Rock of Eternity and the Wizard there, and then Wizard are one of the many times so the Wizard has died. Adam stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, because that's the thing, is the Scarab, the historical Scarab is seemingly tied in with all that semi-Egyptian, Bialian, you know, what, you know all their... Bialian stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but then it gets knocked back to Earth and ends up in El Paso, because originally it's El Paso. Later, they came up with Palmera City, which they ended up going with here. But originally, it's El Paso, and uh, and it, it jumps on Jaime. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you come to find out 
that it isn't mystical to Alien. Which, by the way, is an interesting thing that they also did with Hawkman. Like, you know, mystical Hawkman, alien Hawkman. It's something DC's played with a bit. Are we going to talk about Black Adam? Because uh, I thought we were never going to talk about that movie again. Well, we, 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 we don't need to. It's just that <laughs> right. if they had wanted to, they could have done that connection. And, and it's better for not. They don't need to. Um, I happen to love the version. I, I love the Jaime version of, of, Black Be- of uh, Blue Beetle. Excuse me. Um, and I think this movie does a really good job with it. You know, they do a couple of things that are different that were interesting. Um, what were the differences, one, Ian? So, yeah. so, well, first of all, no daughter. I'll get to her in a second. I do have some points to make about her. Yeah. But for so the bigger Ted one, Ford's I want to make is about the sister. Not in the comics. Okay. I know sister. And to me, when I first heard about that character and even having watched it, I felt like they did a lift of a different DC um, superheroes nemesis character in that character, which is Veronica Kale, who's Wonder Woman's nemesis. I felt that that that, that character very much felt like Veronica Kale. The, the Susan Sarandon character, Ted yeah. Gord's sister. Did, did you, see, you see that? Who's taken over the company, and now she's going to use it for nefarious means. And I got to tell you what, I really got pumped at as well, and it shows the replacement of another Blue Beetle-involved character from the comics who I felt the absence of, Maxwell Lord, who we mm-hmm. saw in Wonder Woman 1984, Maxwell Lord in the OMAC project, uh, we got Brother Eye in, in Wonder Woman 1984, but having OMAX all up in this movie, yeah. I did not know that the OMAX were in this movie and the plotline and Geeks gave us we didn't see the movie and we'll wait until after the strike to do so. No, I'm kidding. Um, the the, the plotline is that Ted Kord's sister has taken over the company because Ted Kord's disappeared. There's mysteries as to what happened to him. Sit through the credits. And Ted Kord sister wants to find the scarab because it has an alien power that she can use to power a group of super soldier like robotic super soldiers called omax which is a like suit type thing that goes into your spine and it helps you have superpowers like being able to punch through walls being able to jump almost like a tony stark iron man suit but it needs the scarab to really get to another level of dominance and she wants the scarab to be unlocked when the daughter of Ted Cord finds out about this. She tries to smuggle the, the scarab out of the Ted Cord business. She gives it to Jaime, who's in there for a job interview and this and that, to meet up with her. And he gets it stuck to himself. And I thought that was hilarious. You get the superhero sequence you see in a lot of movies of like, whoa, 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 how does this work? Slow down. Uh. And, and I thought but, that was fun. But here's the thing about this movie. But now and she I- needs it back. The bad guy needs it back to still make her super suit, even if it means killing Jaime to get the scarab back. Yeah, she doesn't care. Um, the thing about this movie that I think is really novel, I mean, we, everyone knows all the family is a big part of it, but more than being a big part of it, they're in on it from the get-go. They know he's a superhero. There's they no watch discovery thing. Yeah, they watch it happen. And I mean, and, and that's just so, it's just such a different take. I mean, I know my wife, you know, when she saw the trail, I was like, oh, I've seen this before. I was like, you haven't, you know, it's not, it's not the same thing. It's not Miss Marvel, for example, which we saw a year or so ago. It's year not Miss Marvel. Ago, and she's not, keeping a secret from the family. There, there you know, people said to me, oh, it, it feels like Spider-Man across with Iron Man. Well, yes and no, but, but it's not. I mean, it's Spider-Man and Miss Marvel since it's a teenager, and that's it. I mean, besides the fact he's Latino and the family's so completely involved in all that, you know, it doesn't have that angst. I mean, there's some angst because he has money problems, mm-hmm. but it's very, very different in, in, in a really, really great, great way. I love the family. I love the father character. The father character in that relationship kind of reminded me, obviously, of the Black Panther stuff that we've seen mm-hmm. before. And Geeks gave us, I think that's the emotional heart, is Jaime's relationship with his father. And then I got to give props to George Lopez and the rest of the cast that makes up that family because they were hilarious. They're absolutely and hilarious. Great. They're heartfelt. not just there for commentary. They go through the their sister, own arcs as well. sister's great. I, I really lo- loved this thing. I loved. I thought this movie was so much fun. And for people who are feeling you know, just complete, um, what is it, fatigue to the whole superhero thing, this felt like a fresh film. This felt like a lot of fun. This felt like a movie that you could take your niece or nephew to uh, or you could go to yourself and just have fun. This felt like a movie that didn't have the baggage of being attached to a major cinematic universe. It was on its own thing, and that's why this is a movie that I thought was easy to root for. Absolutely. And yet, I mean, I'm still, I'm hopeful that, you know, I mean... I, I think it comes back in some iteration. I don't know that we get another Blue Beetle movie, but I, I hope, you know, from what I hear, 
the character is going to, you know, stick around and um, into the James Gunn, Peter Safran area. You might see yeah. Jaime somewhere. Yeah, this movie yeah. is a success. It may not be a success at the box office, but this movie is a success. Um, let's talk a little bit about the amount of Ted Cord we got in this movie. Because the once they get to the Ted Cord stuff and the daughter smuggles Jaime away and says, Hey, we gotta we gotta find out what the suit is doing to you. My aunt is out, she's looking for this thing. We gotta keep it from her because she's gonna build super soldiers with it, and that's not what my father wanted with the legacy of his company. Um, once they get to like his the Ted Cord Beetle Cave, like the Bat Cave underneath Ted Cord's mansion. Which was awesome. Uh, you immediately see Dan Garrett's outfit. Yeah, and, and and Ted's. Yes. Yeah. What's the third outfit with the pillow? So, Ian? so that's the thing I wanted to talk about. They set up something in this movie, and I really wanted to. And I know we were supposed to have other, you know, people on. Also, I really wanted to discuss this as a group. Well, but, Justin um, is having Justin's running down to the local Radio Shack. He promised his friend Kevin he was going to be on this episode, but then when Justin tried to log in. I could hear our audio back through his speakers yeah. and then back in and, and he's, I guess using another Commodore 64 or something. So when he gets back from Radio Shack, he can maybe log in or something. So, so here's the thing is they had it set up in this movie that his daughter was basically going to be the sidekick. You know, he had made, you know, a gauntlet for her and all that and a little costume for her. Um, and then he disappeared. And so, so my question that I wanted to pose is, does that feel just so ridiculously derivative because you have, you know, obviously Batman and Robin and you have Speedy and Wonder Girl, you know, and here's a, a fully made up character that Blue Beetle is going to happen also? Or does it feel like it fits perfectly because that's what the DC heroes did? Um, I didn't think about that because I because th- when you start to see the Ted Cord when they're, it's like, okay, let's go in the movie. Geeks gave us high mains of getting kidnapped by Ted Cord's sister. And they're going to try and kill him to detach the, the scarab so that they can put it in the Omax. But first they're going to download everything from the Omax or for the scarab to put in the Omax. It's a painful process. The family's got to band together with Ted Cord's daughter to get in the bug ship and go rescue Jaime. I think this whole sequence is so much fun, but because the Ted Cord stuff, like the gauntlets, the, the 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 Gatling gun you see Grandma use, the ship that you see George pilot, all this stuff, because the family is all hands-on with all the Ted Cord stuff, it didn't feel like there was a distinct sidekick that was ever on the way. There's a moment where Ted Cord's sister looks at that third empty costume slot with some weird pillow attached to the stomach, and she has this longing look, but it felt like that was some kind of... That wasn't clarified and i don't think the mid-credit scene of ted cord trapped in some kind of cyberverse computer cyberverse i don't think that either clarified uh, I, what that well, third costume all, was i think they went out of their way with ted cord to you know knowing that i mean we know blue um booster gold is coming so i think we're going to get Ted. that's cord, been announced yeah and, yeah and, and, this, and this sets up that ted cord's out there and why is it but jason sudeikis who's going to play him well Maybe it is. <laughs> Did you see the artwork in the mansion? Yeah, yeah but, but it looked but, like Jason Sudeikis because they actually there's a, a, a statement was made that you know you think that would be great casting. But the bottom line is, is they're not locked in. It's right. artwork. It's very intentional. They didn't lock in an actor, so they don't have to then if they recast it, whatever. It just still lines up. It's perfect, so I think that was good. But no, but if you if you recall, you know one of the outfits look like it's a sidekick's outfit, and she straight up says that that gaunt was made for her. Mm. With 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 the Nintendo, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a power glove that's gonna, then yeah. turned into like basically a Miss Marvel construct for Scotland. Yeah, but the the thing about that though, again, is that was the plan before Jaime's family came into this, before the Scarab merged with Jaime. I think going forward into a Blue Beetle movie, it's awesome to see the Blue Beetle third iteration and second iteration in those two families kicking ass. I think that this is straight up a family franchise now. I think adding booster gold to it i think you take whatever version of blue beetle it's got to be ted cord maybe it's jaime but the booster gold stuff is its own thing and you can remove blue beetle from this but but when you see the blue beetle stuff doing the blue beetle thing i think this is a family movie i think it's families doing positive problem solving stuff together um i think the tone of this movie was fun awesome this is one that you feel like you're sharing um i was so confident in this movie walking out of it and then i saw the box office and i was like oof it is geekscapist if you ever wonder why actors are paid what they're paid it's so that they can promote 
these films and That's not part of it not having actors to promote these films is the reason that we're getting delays on several projects it's the reason that sony has voiced that they've moved craven and their non-spider-man slate because without the, the spider what's craven really about you got to have aaron taylor johnson at least going on some tonight mm-hmm. shows to to do it you saw today that dune 2 got deleted to yep. 2024 because we don't think maybe the strike will even be over by december so that december date shifted um this is real stuff and i really again hope that blue beetle as a film franchise is not a casualty um seeing these characters in other dc movies it sounds like something that james gunn and peter safford are perfect for because guys that superman casting and the fact that they cast metamorpho that we're getting metamorpho in a superman movie like and the casting is perfect i cannot believe that this is i mean you thought you were in a geek golden age before it gives me high hopes for what they're doing going forward. Like, yeah, James Gunn really knows the material. I'm hopeful. There's no reason that as much of this movie as as Gunn wants doesn't survive it. Um, the box office makes me concerned about there possibly being, you know, a, sequ- a direct sequel. But there can be. By the way, um, I loved Ted Cortot. I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brazilian actress, uh, our friend Guy Pereira, who you guys know from Geekscape, remember he directed Cowboy Heart that I wrote and with Guy, and, and we went down to Brazil and made it. Guy made another movie, and that Brazilian actress who plays Ted Core's daughter, he texts me and goes, she's friends with everybody in my cast. We we thought about using her or something like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. She seems like a nice person. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely hear the Brazilian accent versus the you know, Spanish accent, which is kind of funny. but Well, they, they um, said that her mother was, was Brazilian. Cool. She said her mother was Brazilian. So, so they, they, they just kind of wrote that in for the I, I love how they did their homework. I love how they did their homework on the Latino you stuff. You know that she was up. did their homework on the Blue Beetle stuff. She was up for the Supergirl in Flash, and it came down to the two of them. And because of COVID, she couldn't travel. Wow. She was actually down in Brazil. So that's why I went to Sachikaya. Well, I got to tell you, um, this is a pretty good consolation prize because I think this I is a really so. great movie. I loved the yeah. Supergirl and the Flash. I love that actress. I love that Supergirl and the yeah, Flash. Yeah. Well, I, I hope we see both of them again, but, you know, yeah. it remains to be seen. Ian, what are you hearing on the inside? I know you have sources. In terms of what? In terms of these characters? Yeah, these characters and, and what we're seeing on the beginning of this. Too, Peter, too of this. early, nothing yet. You know, it's, I, I think you saw they, they're, they're announcing like a, a timeline in Creature Commandos. Um, that's it's animated. Fully, yeah, it's animated, but it, it, it's going to be part of it. So that's the big thing Gunn's doing is anything they're doing going forward is all the same continuity. Um, it all counts. Um, but, you know, then you know, it's going to be Superman Legacy, and we'll see what comes beyond that. You know, I tell you I mean, they can my... pick and choose anything they want. Listen, I've, I've said to you for a long time, you know, I think Gunn said we get to pick and choose. It's a multiverse, and that enables him to keep as much of the stuff he's done as he wants. Mm-hmm. So the Suicide Squad and Peacekeeper is going to remain intact. We're clearly doing that with the Waller yeah, series. That's exactly. clearly a part of it. Exactly. Um, James Gunn's wife isn't out of work. One of the characters who we have not talked about, one of the probably the most famous superhero in the film, you haven't even mentioned, Ian. Batman? Batman's not in the movie, Geekscape. I hate he's referenced. Yeah, he's referenced in the movie. Now, let me see if I can do this without destroying my desk. The one superhero I have on my desk, Ian, that is in the movie that Ian has not even referenced, and this is easily the most popular superhero on screen in the movie right here. Mr. Chapolin himself. Chapolin Colorado has a, actually a, that's a that's a much bigger reference in the movie. I have one of these things little Chapeline who climbs on my desk, Ian. Let me show you this thing. Look, Geekscape is for watching this. I have a little Chapeline. And I got to tell you, there's a sequence in the movie where George Lopez, who's a little bit of a, a garage inventor himself, has some contraptions and he uses to break into court industries with Jaime and Ted Court's daughter. And he calls this thing the Chapeline, this device. He goes, I call it the Chapeline. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's it's red and yellow, like Chapeline Colorado. But, uh, and I was I was super excited about it. Then later in the movie, there's cartoons of Chapeline in the movie. And then in the end credits, there's a Chapeline sequence. When do we get our Chapeline movie, Ian? Please. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything on that. I, Look I, at I this little I, guy. I, I think this, this might be the closest we get, but hard for me to say. <laughs> Look at this. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie because any Latino kid who had a childhood where they've been to visit the grandparents 
in Latin America or here like knows all about Chapeline and having him in that much of a movie, even as like a joke, a throwaway, the references that it was pretty great. Again, Geeks Games, I can't say this enough. This this is a movie that did its homework. And yeah. you watch these movies and you're like, oh, do the filmmakers know the origin stuff? And do the filmmakers know the source material? Holy crap. Like, I, I, Well, and here's what's interesting about this movie. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I, I think it's just probably worth saying because not everyone would know this. You know, there was this back and forth going on of different agendas as all these these regimes at Warner Brothers kept changing. This movie was originally developed to be a direct for, from uh, HBO Max. And then they lost it. And then they decide, no, no, we're going to go direct, direct to, to um, theatrical. Um, and they scrambled. They threw a little more money, but not a ton more. This was only a 57-day shoot. Wow. Every yeah. part of this is impressing me, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it's a really good, solid movie. It, it deserves to be seen. You know? Yeah. Um, it has heart. It's fun. But the effects are really good. And it's well-written. And Geekscape is, well it, it, it passes the litmus test as both a superhero movie, a Blue Beetle movie, a DC movie, and it's a, great a movie, family movie. A family movie. And, I, and again, like a movie that Latino audiences can say isn't just pandering. It's not just stereotypes. You start to get a little bit like, oh, is it going to do a stereotype with like nope. the deportation because two of the members of the family? Are, nope. Nope. We're going to move away from that. We're going to go to humor mm-hmm. and heart, humor and heart. And we're just going to keep nailing humor and heart. And I loved it. And I got to tell you, Ian, we got to talk about the infinite crisis of it all because okay. so much of Blue Beetle's story, he came, well, he came in 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 crisis. Jaime's into, introduced in crisis, and that's that brother eye connection. Well, we'll talk about the matter. first crisis that introduced the Charlton characters to DC. That is the crisis in '86. Yes, and the Charlton characters were bought, and this is a crazy story. Paul Levitz bought those characters for five. Who was the editor in chief of DC? He, he was the editor-in-chief of DC. I, I have his card, and like I should try and get him on Geekscape because I met him at a boom like holiday party years ago. Cool. And Paul Levitz was a pretty nice guy. And the story is that Dick Giordano, who used to work for for Charlton when in its onset, and I you gotta talk about the who create helped create Ted Cord, no less than the co-creator of Spider-Man, right? Like mm-hmm. This is amazing. Uh, and as I'm reading research about these characters and being like, okay, tell, talk to me about the, the Ted Cord. Talk to me about the Dan Garrett. I'm reading that, you know, we're, like, all these characters have so many important comic book icons. Uh, but Giordano, who, held, who was one of the big editors over at Charlton, who was, which was a, such a small, oh, Charles, yeah. such a small outfit back then. They were running mm-hmm. on a, an old school 1930s, 1940s printing press out of, out of, uh, go read that Wikipedia on Charlton comics. When you get a chance, I'm surprised that they lasted from the forties to the late eighties. And then ultimately the thing burned down and, the, and fell apart. And then in 1999, that's how long that thing lasted. And they were printing comics off this thing. But Dick Giordano, he was part of that sixties movement of bringing the blue beetle together and getting all those things together because Charlton wasn't really pr- uh, printing superhero books that much. Most of their stuff was crime and romance and, mm-hmm. th- and they had these superhero books, which mainly are the Watchmen characters. And those are the ones that Paul Levitz as a gift to Giordano, who was now an editor at DC in 1980, 82, 83, he was buying, he bought these characters from Charleston who wanted nothing left to do, nothing to do with superheroes. They were printing like, TV adaptation comics like the Partridge Family. Mm-hmm. Um, he bought them for five thousand dollars a piece. He bought Blue Beetle, Peacemaker, The Question, Question. five thousand dollars a piece. Captain Adam, five thousand dollars a piece. And uh, and now they're DC characters, but they weren't introduced for several years. They were introduced in the original Crisis, right? On Infinite Earths, they gave them their own Earth, and then they they brought they brought them in. And yeah. then, so what happened in Infinite Crisis? I own those issues, so. I mean, in terms of Blue Beetle, it's, you know, Jaime gets the scarab because, you know, um, the Rock of Attorney is, like, destroyed, and that's where it was with, with the wizard. And so it lands, and Booster comes looking for it, Booster Gold. So Booster brings in the Batman. He helps in the fight against Brother Eye. But also, Maxwell Lord kills Ted Cord. That happens uh, in the On countdown. On the lead-up. The countdown yeah. to, to Crisis. Yes. And talk to me about that, because by the time Jaime shows up, there's no Ted Cord in the DC no, universe. He's been killed by Maxwell Lord. Yes. And Maxwell Lord, again, is... I feel Maxwell Lord's presence in this movie. Yeah. Because now, of the omagness of all of it. Now, 
since the rebirth and everything, um, you have a different version and you actually have Jaime working at Court Industries and Ted around. Okay. That's in, more recently. Okay. So but, there, but originally sure. now. So yeah. But so that, there's that's, no Dan Garrett. No, no. I figure with like Hawkman and with Black Adam and Shazam and all that stuff, having the Rock of Eternity and having the Egyptology and all, all that archaeology origin is well, it, you, it, you, of which Dan Garrett is a major part. I think that stuff needs to kind of be sidestepped on the cinema. Yeah, you, you didn't need any of that. It's yeah. fine. Um, what, what was interesting to me, and I think they did a good job of this because you don't need it yet, because that is actually how it started is, and you don't get many answers about, you know, the just that it's alien, it's all you know, all you know and you don't get anything alien. more. And yeah. there is a lot more there. And in fact, you know, Young Justice, actually, that show dived into that a lot. Explain it to me, because maybe we see it on the big screen. There's an alien race called the Reach, and they send these scarabs out, and it's a colonizing thing. And they take over, and then the scarab takes over the mind of the host, and they act for the Reach, and they subjugate planets. And how is Jaime able to repel that? Jaime has a special bond with with um, with uh, the scarab, with Kajida, and um, is he's, he's an anomaly, so he fights against it. When he yelled Kajita on the big screen, you got pumped, right? Yeah. Because that's, again, that's, another that's deep the cut that shows yeah. the amount of love that they had for this character going into this yeah. movie. I can't stress yeah, enough, like, how well, and, and, and that's the thing, is, is the fact that they did that, it's definitive that, you know, that the Scarab Ascension, and, I mean, that that backstory, it's there, it's just not explored yet. It's it's it, it, it's to come out, and yeah. ultimately the idea of the reach, both in the comics and even in, on Young Justice, which I thought did a really good job with that stuff, is that it's you know he he's now this giant weapon of mass destruction and potentially of um, subjugation, and um, you know um, he you know um, that leads to there's other scarabs will come, and you know so other beetles that he has to fight and maybe liberate depending on storyline they do. Did that come you know? before or after Invincible? Because it's a very Invincible um, story. Oh, sorry. That's all right. I, we heard it. I heard a little crunchy, and <laughs> we'll see if um, I can cut that out. I, I see why you say it's Invincible. Because it's very similar to what was going on in Invincible, right? Similar. Okay. Um, Young Justice, I would say, did that after Invincible, and I would say Blue Beetle... Probably also after Invincible first did that, but it's only a little bit like that. I mean, it's like so for, for listeners that don't know. So in Invincible, the idea is um, Invincible's father, Omni Man, who's a Superman analog, who when Invincible starts both in the comics and on the show, um, is basically Superman, and he has a regular family, and he's had a kid, and the kid's been waiting to get his powers, and he finally gets them. And the twist that you find out, um, and in the comic, I think it takes about seven, eight issues or so. The twist is that he's actually there to colonize. He's actually a bad guy. He's been a good guy all these years, yeah. for years and years, just to lull Earth into, you know, a false sense of security. And part of what the Viltrumites do is they actually impregnate just to propagate the species. And the idea being that their genetics is so strong that if they can have the child, it ends up being very Viltrumite-like. So Invincible actually ends up being just as powerful as his father, but he fights his father. So the Reach is more like an alien weapon. Yes. And the Ultramites are a race. And yes. therein lies the difference. No, no, no. The Reach is a race but, also. But, okay, but they, but they have the, but the weapons are what they use, not themselves. They use yeah. these scarabs, the weapons. They, they're like... Think they're, of it like this. Yeah. The, the That's scarab, like a seed. The scarab, in a weird way, is, is an analog to a Green Lantern ring, except that more like venom and the clintar it takes it's a it's symbiotic and it takes but it takes over the host normally the program overrides the host um doesn't kill it it's just they're there and they don't have a say and it won't leave until you kill it It, it's yeah it's part of you like we are not gonna see dan garrett because the scarab is not on him Garrett's dead. right right otherwise the the scarab wouldn't be free yeah um all right ian what else do you want to say about this Blue Beetle movie? Other than I really think people should go see uh, it. And yeah, give it a I, I, I thought it was great. It's fun. Um, really, everything about it. It's, it's really it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, 
I don't think there's any other Easter eggs that we need to talk about. Um, but I think that it, it's set up in such a way, as we said, that it's not beholden to any specific version of the characters it references, which is great. You know, yes, it references Superman, Batman, and Flash. There's going to be Superman and Batman and Flash. So that's fine. So I think in all those ways, it easily gets that's to continue. It's just a question of where. Yeah. I think Solo is great. You know? But, but this character can drop into the upcoming. Anywhere. And I would expect Booster Steve. Gold. You know? Yeah. Uh, some version. I mean, at least Ted there. Honestly, as I was watching it, my whole thought was, oh, Ted's missing. He should be with Booster. You know, and we, I said, I was like, God, I wish that would be in the tag, but we probably can't get that because they, you know, either aren't that far along or didn't know whatever else, but the tag we got can easily line up with that. Yeah. When George Lopez's character, Rudy turns on the computer and starts figuring out all the technology in Ted Cord's uh, bug cave, I'm going to call it, uh, it activates a computer and in the, the mid credits, you, you hear Ted Cord's voice over the computer saying, Hey, this is Ted Cord. Whoever turned on my computer, you have to get a message out. Like, uh, and I'm sitting there going, Oh my God, could he be in the future with booster gold? Could he be doing this and that? Like, and maybe, and, and we don't so know, which cool is fine. Stuff. And absolutely fine. And all I gotta say is I really hope when the strike is over, we go back to having superhero movies from DC and Warner brothers, that this is a character that does not get forgotten because this yeah. movie is a success. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. And I was telling a friend of mine that for a industry that is supposedly experiencing superhero fatigue, we in 2023, we have gotten a really great Blue Beetle movie. We've gotten an amazing Ninja Turtles movie. We've gotten a Spider-Verse sequel and we got a very, very good Guardians film. And sure, you may think that some of the lows are very low, but we got some really good superhero movies and blue beetles. One of them that you just, if you're a superhero fan, if you're just a fan of fun movies, this is not one that you want to skip. I agree. I'm rooting for it. Um, Ian, I'm, I talked about that, that X-Men, you know, hellfire gala, <laughs> man, Ian, I, I, I told you uh, guys, I'm somebody who was getting, I talked about it last week. Geeks gave us on the audio only. So if you're watching this live on video, Go and subscribe to the audio version because I'm talking a little bit before each episode um, in an exclusive audio uh, little portion before we get into the interviews. I'm talking about specific things like Heidi and I talked about the Barbie movie last week. I talked in the past episode this week. I talked about the X-Men Hellfire Gala and Fall of X and how pumped I am about that stuff. I, I was getting tired of the X-Men books just because they were spread out thin. And as I told you, the big events weren't happening in the core X-Men books. I felt like I was being... Uh, Manipulated into buying tie-ins and, and anniversaries and ancillary miniseries. And here we go. We're collapsing the X-Men books back into a revamp. And uh, I'm a, they're doing it in the most violent and engaging well, way. It's cool. They do, and they've done some interesting things so far. And I'll say this is what I... It's early days, but sure. they've folded it back into... It doesn't feel separate from the rest of the Marvel Universe. Finally, yeah. Specifically, Tony Stark is directly involved. Dude, Tony Stark being almost responsible for the Stark Sentinels is awesome. And him and... I mean, because here's the thing. He would not... The Sentinels... He would not have been a part of the Stark Sentinels had he not gone on this crusade to spend all of his money getting weapons off the black market. He spent all his money. He had no money. He could not protect his company from being taken over. Stark gets taken over and they get used to make better Sentinels. The other one is Captain America putting together the, the The uncanny Avengers and the, the unity squad. And so that's pretty cool. Uh, And there's one more book we're not talking about is Kamala Khan has a book where she is. uh, She's clearly a mutant, but she's a little undercover. Right. So again, it's, I mean, that's the obvious thing where they're lining up more with the MCU. Um, It remains to be seen whatever else, but it it does feel to me like this idea of mutants. um, I mean, just removing Krakoa already changes things. We'll see what they do with Araka, you know, which Mm -hmm. is Mars. That's Mars. Um, You know, but, and there's some interesting ideas coming out of it. Um, Realm of X came out this week. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got that. I, book. I didn't pick it up yet. I haven't been to the store. Um, it's bold. You know what it is? Tell uh, run the name past me again. It was Realm really of X. Realm of X. Go. For, is that the one that's um that's that's uh what's her name uh uh yes. Ar- Eliana? Yes. Among and others. she's 
yeah, Ileana, and they're in a Danny, different dimension. Mar- yeah. Well, it's the it's like the New Mutants title. Yeah, except for where they are. They're not in Limbo, though, are they? Nope. Because Limbo's on Earth. I was just reading the the Spider Man stuff, and Limbo has its own tower in Manhattan, <laughs> Anaheim. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah. so that's tying into all the Thor stuff and the Thor revamp because Thor's yeah. getting a revamp. I kind of like this. I'm yeah, kind of digging cool. what Marvel is doing right now. They're forcing me to spend more money on comics. That's, that's, that's... kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> As I said, they, they, they've pushed it back into tying in with the rest of the MCU. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I should say the, the Marvel comics. You know, right. The but, but the MCU is taking a lead from uh, the, the publishing. Um, talk to me, though, because I, maybe you disagree with me. But when friends maybe. come out to me and they say, hey, man, this Krakoa stuff has been so good. This is how they got to do in the MCU. But ultimately, to me, in my heart, the, the, I think the, the best, the, the, most engaging there's, there's no version of the X-Men. They do any, no. anything like that. Geekscape no the X-Men protect those who fear them and persecute them. You have to have them as a minority. You can't do the Krakoa stuff on the uh, right now on the big screen. They got to start out as minorities. Does it mean and, it's going to be a retread of is, some of the stuff we've seen? Yeah, yeah. you're going to get a new Magneto retread. You're going to get a Wolverine way, let's, retread, but it's going to be talk great. About this. Let's talk about this for a second because okay. this is a good place for this. Yeah. The idea of doing Krakoa in the MCU, you already have Atlantis. You already have Wakanda. So what? We're going to do Krakoa and now the mutants are just living their own nation and they're it's it's done already. If you're going to do Krakoa, and Kevin Feige is watching this. If you're going to do Krakoa, let's do it as a monster island. Let's do it as a location that's treacherous. Let's do it as sure. a location and let's do giant it like size a, one. You can also that's what that's yeah. what I said last week. I said let's start, let's talk giant size one when the X Men had to get rescued from Krakoa with a brand new team, and then you know what? If you're going to do Krakoa, I want to see the Savage Land. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the island that works like a, that walks like a man. I want to see Genosha, and I also want to yeah. see Asteroid M. Let's do real sure, X Men. Sure. Let's do Asteroid M. Here's the thing, you know, you know, the problem that the movies have, and of course, you know, you read comics long enough, and certain concepts will have some analogs here and there. But when you've done something even remotely similar to something already in a movie, it feels like it's an Alsoran, and that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really it's hard. I mean, here we are, and you know, I mean, what, what how many movies are we at now? You know, and it's, it's going for what are we on? 15, 16 years, 15 years, Yeah, you know, um, it's hard for it to feel fresh. I think that's a big problem that's going through right now. People talk about severe fatigue. I mean, I guess it's a way of looking at it, but I keep saying in terms of the Marvel movies, the good movies do well. Mm-hmm. Guardians when they're good, well. they do well. DC is in a different place. Okay. Because I'm sorry, people point to superhero fatigue with something like blue beetle or superhero fatigue about flash. You know what? DC destroyed the freaking brand. They did it years ago. Honestly, all the way back to Zack Snyder, he, they didn't build it. They didn't earn it. They said Marvel's done it. People know that we're DC, so we're just going to throw ours out. We all said that at the time. You know, Justice League was too quick. Mm-hmm. You know, had they followed Man of Steel, even Man of Steel going to BVS, you know, if they'd it's just done a, a straight Batman movie, you know, first, you know, an Affleck Batman movie, you know, and didn't maybe you know do a Flash movie, you know, or, or certainly Wonder Woman. Then great, you know. And personally, I think beyond the big three, maybe you know, seeding the other characters in those other movies and then giving them their own movie, sure. Right away into Justice League, too fast. You know, they should have followed Marvel's playbook. But you know, they wanted their Avengers immediately because Avengers. Listen, but people forget. First Thor didn't make that much money. It, no. did, oh, it did well. Same you know? as Captain America. The first cap, yeah, didn't do, didn't make that those much money. Then Avengers was huge. But those so were being were... distributed by Paramount, and the, the, that was part of the yes. whole. That was still being paid for by the by the fund. You yes. know, Marvel went out and got that fund. It wasn't Disney but, yet. But my point is, and then even after Avengers, like the first Guardians did well. You know, Doctor Strange it did well, but they they, you know, they didn't make a billion dollars, and they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been rushed. And, you know, Gunn understands that, and I think he's going to build it correctly. So we have to question what's some, next. I think he's got some great pieces to keep yeah. in the tapestry. So, but, but but honestly, it is frustrating because you know we're looking at stuff that already exists, and we're wondering when we see it again. And and this is where it gets frustrating. It might be quite a while, and that is problematic. You know, even the Marvel stuff. I mean, they set stuff up and then they leave it. I mean, Shang Chi came out how long ago now? And yeah. then we actually get we get a tag at the end of Shang Chi. You know, with Wong, Captain Marvel, and like, and then like nothing. You know, I mean, they, they set up the stuff with the sister at the end, and nothing. Like, 
I'm waiting to see this stuff and I'm not seeing it. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. If so many freaking projects going and yet they have so many dangling threads. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem. To me. And we're going to see Captain Marvel again. We've seen Bruce again. Sure. And none of the Shang-Chi tie-in that was in those sequences. So, and we're going to get it, but you yeah. know, and, and it was announced that the Shang-Chi sequel is still going to happen. And it's going to happen after the, Avenger, the Avengers Kang movies. Now, because the director's I, involved in that first one. I feel pretty confident. If, not just because of the director, but yes, that director, the, Shang's going to be in that. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah. still, by the time that comes out, it's going to be what, five, six years since we saw Shang-Chi? Yeah. He you can know? still, I mean, it's he just, can still show up in the Marvels. He could, but, I, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> I know. and maybe, but you know, it, it's to me, to me, that that's majorly problematic. I mm-hmm. told you, I, I think what, I think that they do get some of this. I think that both Captain America New World Order and Thunderbolts are going to directly be building towards those Avengers movies. Specifically, I mean, you know, they are doing some things politically. And that's the thing. We saw some politics, you know, in particular mm-hmm. in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, but what's going on? There isn't an Avengers. I think what we're going to see directly set up in that Captain America movie leading into Thunderbolts is going to be, oh, there's no Avengers. We need a team. But that team's not going to be right. And I think it's probably going to be Falcon Cap. You know, Sam Wilson oh, going, yeah, uh, no, we need the real Avengers. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I, like, I for one, I wish I wish we were seeing those tags, you know? And we haven't been, you know? I mean, listen, they make a statement yeah, at the end of Guardians 3. Guardians 3 was great because it, it, was, it was a good movie. And it did we well. have a new Guardians team. Yeah. But but and we'll probably see those in that Avengers movie. Sure. Maybe, you know, maybe not. But, but what it said at the end is that Star-Lord will return. Well, he's on Earth. Yeah. Does, ready, does that he's ready for sh- some adventures action. Yeah. Where? I don't know. Is it is it Thunderbolt? Is it Avengers? I don't know. In the Eternals? When are we going to see them again? I don't know. And that's the thing. Is there going to be an Eternals 2? Does anyone want it? I don't know. <laughs> I, are we going to see the plot lines carried forward? Yeah. I hope we do. I, think I actually we'll sincerely hope we do. Um, look, by, by the way, one of my biggest complaints for years and years was that leader set up in Incredible Hulk. And we're finally going to get it in Captain America. Well, that was a universal production versus. But it, but it was it was it was it counts you. in the MCU. I know it does. I know it does. Yeah. So we're finally getting it. Just get, you, you know what, Ian? I think the problem here is your patience. I don't think that's the problem. <laughs> you you have a lot of patience. Uh, you don't have a lot of patience, and these things oh. are multi-jillion-dollar productions that take a while. In fifteen years, you're staying healthy. I am. You gotta stay healthier. I'm fine. Because you're gonna have to live till ninety years, to see all this, okay, pal? Seriously. I hear you. Um, let's take it back to the topic. We want to see Jaime Reyes again and the rest of his family, and we want to see Ted Corder come along for that action. Yes. More Blue Beetle. Ian, thanks for joining me on this. I think we're gonna come back for some Loki here in a bit. Yeah. Because uh, we're not coming back for Craven because that got pushed. Yeah. Um, love you, man. Say hi to Steph. I will. Say hi to Justin who did, wasn't say able to say make hi to it. Heidi. I'll say hi to Heidi. Geekscape us. Subscribe to the podcast. I'm putting a little bit of audio extra on episodes. Not this one. This one, we went straight to Blue Beetle. That was the mission. But uh, I've got some great interviews uh, coming up. I've got some guests that I was like super stoked to talk about and talk to. Uh, but it all starts next week. So subscribe, share it with your friends, leave us five stars. That helps our visibility and all that. Uh, more oh, cool. Geekscape, the, the more fun. Okay. Thanks, Ian. So much, dude. Go. Cool. Peace, buddy. Chaplin says hello. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.